the Brotherhood of the Silver Screen, and we regretfully admit to watching films from Satan's DVD library. Yes, we have all seen them. <laughs> wait, 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 what's a movie from Satan's DVD library? Oh, I think we all know what a movie's from Satan's DVD library. <laughs> well, no, I think we all have it. I want to give. Oh, well, yeah, that's wait, who coined that phrase. Uh, that was from. Uh, that was from right. a review I read about. Oh, Satan's. Uh, right, right. Yeah, it, was it Extinction? I think oh, it was. Yeah. And and someone had titled the review "Straight to Satan's DVD library," <laughs> which is <laughs> the <laughs> funniest that's review real. statement I had ever seen yeah. oh, in my life. But we great. all know. I think if we made a list of what is in Satan's DVD library, I'm just sure we horrible, have horrible films. The worst yeah, ever. No, you're right. Yes. I wanted yeah. you to just bring that up that yes. you because I knew what you were referencing, but I just right. wanted to Ex- I just exactly. want to remind yep. any potential listeners that yes. what you were And that refers I, I, to yeah. not like evil movies, it's like the worst, most horrible, <laughs> yes. terrible yes. movies Mo- ever made. Movies movies where you, you just walked out and you're like, Wow, that was three hours two hours of my life yep. gone. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. If if there was like a, a DVD bit Walmart DVD bin Mm-hmm. Where Satan, Satan lives, Satan's Walmart yeah, DVD bin. Right. Satan's and it's like Walmart Satan, bin. Satan's Walmart DVD bin. And you're <laughs> sifting through it. What are you going to find in there? <laughs> All right. Actually, right. that actually that would be fun. If that would be fun if we got right. listeners to make like make a list. Like, give us five movies that you think would be in Satan's. Oh, Satan's episode seven, seven. number one, episode oh, seven. <laughs> well, yeah, that's <laughs> yours. I'm saying it'd be interesting to see different people's takes on. Yeah, because yeah, I'm sure true. you'd find some surprises in there. Just yeah. awful movies. Because yes. there's sometimes movies like that are decent that like somebody sees and they're like that movie was garbage you're like what yeah rogue one for example mm. yeah that movie was garbage, garbage. yeah <laughs> definitely, definitely that doesn't go up. in satan's dvd bin. That oh it definitely does first yeah, That's, yeah. <laughs> oh come on all right let's keep going all right we'll keep going Please here waste. this right, is here we go. this week we're doing the good and the bad and the ugly and uh this is pretty much general movie review where we bring different talk about different aspects of movies or things that we recently realized or it's just uh, it's general movie talk. Uh, this week, Athena is going to start us off. What do you got for us this week, Athena? Okay. So um, I did a walk the plank. Um, mm. And probably like two months ago is when I, I think we watched this. Um, but we decided to watch Velvet Buzzsaw oh, on Netflix. Yes. Yeah. I Ooh. saw this. Um, I saw never it. saw it. I saw it. You watched the movie? Though? I did watch yeah, it, yeah. yes. So um, it's Jake Gyllenhaal, Tony Collette. Rene Russo and John Malkovich, yes. and I still don't know why All John Malkovich cast. was there because mm-hmm. um, I feel like his his part was so minor for how good of an actor I think he is. I don't know. Um, anyway, I I kind yeah, of but he's not a big actor. He probably doesn't cost a lot. I feel like so no, but I mean, looking at the I don't know. Anyway, okay, yeah, yeah. So it was basically mocking the the pretentiousness of the art world that's yes. kind of how i how mm-hmm. i saw it but mm-hmm. um but they sort of turned it into this like bizarre horror movie mm-hmm. um where pieces of art would murder people pretty much mm-hmm. that was that's okay. kind of what happened yeah. and it's okay. not like i wasn't expecting that um yeah from the trailer you could tell there didn't really seem to be a main character there didn't really seem to be a plot in my opinion i kind of just felt like after the beginning where um, there was a woman who stole a bunch of a bunch of pieces of art from this man who had died in her apartment um, the the pieces of art would just kind of be in different character stories and they would kill them so um, and I don't know I I didn't really like it that much mm-hmm. um, I felt like there weren't any characters I was rooting for but there wasn't anything to root for them to do either it was kind of just like, Paying in on this person who's being greedy and pretentious, and yeah. then they die because they are greedy and pretentious. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is this is a Netflix original. 
Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and I you feel like tell. Jake Gyllenhaal's character yeah. was like he did a. I thought he did a great job with acting, as like acting I. as yes. as mm-hmm. that character. He always does. Um, yeah, he's, he, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I felt like there was nowhere for it to go. Um, so that was kind of yeah, my it fe- opinion it on it. It kind of ended up. It felt like it. It could have like had more potential. But mm-hmm. Yes, that's it, exactly. Instead, it, instead, it got like mired in a lot of like. It, it just yeah. honestly felt very flat. Um, yeah. yeah, it felt like nothing really hit home, and it I, ended up kind of being yeah. like a B horror movie. Yes, like, I felt the same it, way. It wasn't scary, and like, like you just kind of like, like you were like, oh, I mean, I guess maybe they were trying to get you to buy into like, oh, this person's gonna get theirs because they're a garbage yeah. human being. Yeah, like, and, and, and you know what? Like whatever. It was you almost know, like it was almost like a lame saw. Like, like yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I exactly right. It, it really had. I felt like a lot of potential fell into the wrong person's hands for this movie mm-hmm. because. You know, the art came alive and started killing people. Okay, that's a great plot. Yeah, a, there was yeah. like there's some great really creative yeah. ways to do this. But there was one scene where one guy steals it, and and the and and the the painting he steals, it's a bunch of monkeys, and they come out and they kill him. I was like, of all the art in the world, <laughs> yeah, you couldn't have the scream on there or something like the scream, like yeah. that thing coming out and being yeah. like, what the heck is this? You know, and being like yeah. freaked out. It was just a bunch of monkeys that mm-hmm. killed him. Yeah, I was like. You know, you have all this art. You could make all these pictures, and you have a bunch of monkeys come it's out. Too and abstract. Kill yeah, yeah it, it's just like I mean, the, okay, the one where where okay, you got to put your hand into this big orb and feel yeah. what was in there. Yeah, I was like, okay, that's a good idea. Yeah. Like if you're gonna kill somebody with with something, yeah. you know, creatively, you know, bump somebody off. You know, I mean, if you're gonna do it, but I just felt like. Like what you said, like a lot yeah. of potential, and, yeah. and one oh, of them wait, was like a I've bunch of monkeys this. killed somebody. I, I just like, oh, remember I've seen this a while ago. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I just realized I must have forgot about it. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like that tells That's you right. everything. I remember uh-huh. as soon as Luke said the orb, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this. Yeah, I feel yeah. like Jake that, I, was this creepy artsy guy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt like I feel like yeah. that tells you everything you need to know about the movie yeah. and how I forget. I remember it now. Now I get it. I remember. I wrote at the end of my my thing here that I said there could have been something good there, but it's not anything I would recommend to anyone. One because yeah. there wasn't. Yeah. By the end, it was. Yeah, you're right. I, I really don't recommend that one either. Yeah. I, don't. I, I, I mean, and I think for me, and I've killing I've, people I've, for sake of killing people. And yeah, I've and I've hammered this home. Like to me, good horror or or thriller or whatever, like anything in that genre, still kind of revolves around the characters. Yes. To me, you mm-hmm. still need to develop the characters, and they yeah. and you still want to care about the characters. And so this and this movie, like. I mean, I, I was probably getting at some kind of like a, a point about like, you know, people in the art business or in the art industry. And I don't know, but like you didn't care about it, like basically anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just kind of like you were like watching people die. You were kind of like and I just I'm so over that. Like oh, everyone's a garbage human being and no characters are likable and yeah. everybody dies yeah. and mm-hmm. life is meaningless. It's just yeah. so boring. Yeah, yeah, the, the, it's such yeah. a boring the story basic to tell. storytelling yeah. premise goes back to the father telling his children a story, a bedtime story. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to hear a story about where everyone's a jerk and everybody dies. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, the, 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 it goes back to the, the night storms the castle and saves, saves the princess. You yeah. know, I mean, there's gotta be an element of that yeah. somewhere. He defeats the dragon, saves the princess. There's gotta be an element Something of that somewhere. For. Yes. Yeah. In every, not every movie, but like most movies, it's either got to be like really scary and well done, but it's got to have an element of that story where the knight storms the castle, defeats the dragon, saves his princess. If it doesn't have any of that, it's usually not a good movie. Yeah. Can, it's, I, read, yeah. can, can I read something? Go ahead, Brad. Sure. Uh, this Do you need is a microphone? A, uh, no, that's okay. I, this is a quick bro, did you know? Okay. Really quick. quick bro, did you know? Um, when Dan Gilroy, I guess the um, 
um, director, I guess, uh, of, of, of Velvet Buzzsaw. Was, Velvet Buzzsaw, yeah. yeah. Was asked by Vanity Fair what he wants audiences to take away from the film. He said, <laughs> oh, no. I hope people look at art in a slightly different way. Anytime you listen to a piece of music or look at a sculpture or a painting or a film, you realize the artists behind that have invested what I believe to be their creative soul into the work. To me, that's a bit of a sacred thing, and I think we've lost that a little bit. I would love it if we could return to that. Did you guys feel that way? No, no. I did not. I did not. <laughs> actually, I, it, actually, it makes sense, but actually, it doesn't. I, actually, Mar- I see, Mar- that's I, art. Honestly, I see that. I mean, because if you, if you figure out like all the, all the art, what would you call them? Art sellers. Like all their motives was basically just like, how does this make us money? And they'd be like, yeah. oh, that's beautiful. And like, well, what the heck is that? Like, yeah, right. Like, what the heck is that? Exactly. Whereas, yeah. the, whereas the the pieces that come alive are pieces that like this dude <laughs> who apparently had like a terrible life and like yeah. put t- put all his like trauma into the art. Yeah. And that's what like makes it come alive. Well, he made like, the paintings with blood. Yeah, yeah. he made also. it like with yeah, right. like with his own blood and stuff like that. So like, I it makes sense. I don't know if it was his own blood. Yeah, it was other, other people's people. blood. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that would be interesting. That's what that I would thought. have been an interesting concept, but I didn't. Just these, I, didn't I didn't get to take away there. It's just so, I just it, to me it just fell flat though. Like I yeah. under, like him saying like I shouldn't need him to say that. Yes, exactly. Like it's a, right. to oh, get to get the and and to him saying that it makes sense to me. Right. Like I can right. I piece it together. That but I was sense. just so like, why did I watch this movie? I was very much like this right. this yeah. this like straight to Satan. This is these DVD RT people are so library. out of touch. They're out of touch with reality. Well, and Dan Gilroy did a uh, Nightcrawler. Yeah, like oh, he's which done, was he, such a great film. Yeah, he's good. done but, other great movies. So yeah, that but was I, a lot of the reviews I read were just people saying Nightcrawler was so good. What did this guy? Uh, yeah, what, what was happened? he thinking? Yeah, like, what yeah. was his goal here? Because yeah, poor execution on a good idea. I think. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. yeah. All right, thanks, Athena. Uh, Dub, mm-hmm. what do you got? Um, I have a uh, bro. Did you know? Okay, and that, like I usually do, but yeah. um, this one's quite interesting because September twenty sixth was uh, Jim Caviezel's birthday. I know this is a little bit ago. Uh, but as we know, Passion of the Christ 2 is happening. You Wait, guys know what? that? What? Yeah, what? the resurrection. Yeah. I did not. You didn't know that? I didn't know that. Oh, it's no. happening. Yeah. Okay. Starring him. Okay. So it's another. They're going Wait, after it, is, Christ died, after he rose, what happened? Uh, Aramaic and Mel Gibson. I, I, that's what I'm hearing. Or British accents. <laughs> no British accents. Wow. Okay. Um, so apparently it is happening. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm surprised you guys don't know that, but so yeah, probably, they probably don't want you to know that. So I found this little review and it was actually pretty good. It talked about the original passion of the Christ. Yeah. And so I'm just going to read it. It's pretty short, but I'm just okay. going to read it cause I found it very interesting. Um, the passion of the Christ is the highest grossing rated R movie in the U S okay. of all time Yeah. at 370.8 million. Uh, I knew it was high. I didn't think it was number one, uh, maybe because I got mixed up with the worldwide one. But uh, worldwide, it grossed six hundred eleven million. Most importantly, it reached many souls around the world. Mel Gibson paid thirty million out of his own pocket for the production because no studio would take on the project, and Jim Caviezel was warned not to take the role of Jesus because it would ruin his career, hmm. which it almost has. Yeah, but he, I'll say this at the end. Yeah. Okay. During the filming, Caviezel lost 45 pounds, was struck by lightning, accidentally scourged with a whip twice, leaving a 14-inch scar, had his shoulder dislocated, and suffered from pneumonia and hypothermia from hanging mostly naked on the cross for several hours outside. His body was, I'm sorry, his body was so stressed and exhausted from playing the role that he had to have two open-heart surgeries after the production. Oh the crucifixion wow. scene alone took five weeks of the two-month filming time. 
Wow. So, so yeah. the five month or two, two month? Two, two month filming months, time. Five it took weeks. five three weeks. weeks. Five, five weeks. weeks. Five weeks. So, so a month like and a three, week. Three of the rest of the weeks was just the, the rest of the movie. It was the rest yeah. of it, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. You're saying that film was shot in two months? A two month filming time. They shot that in two months. That's what a lot this, of the movies really shoot. Yeah, they in do a, very a short, short, it's a short window. Like basically, you get every. every basically, wow. you just get yeah. everything together. You get all the production together, all that stuff, and that's not part of those weeks. Wow! And then you yeah. get the actors on set and you do it. Okay. Oh, yeah. So I know this blew me away. I'm like, months. I didn't know he went o- through often, all this. Often, it's not more than like three or four months. I thought. But Leo gets an Oscar for what? For losing thirty pounds. And that's about it. Check out this guy, dude. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, sure. that's, yeah. Nuts. I that's mean, nuts. I mean, Leo did more than yeah. lose thirty pounds, yeah, but, no, uh, but, did, yeah, but but yeah, I mean, seriously, but yeah, because they had them out in the the tundra in Canada, right? right? And so he was this, like, he but, actually was like, and you think about it. in animal carcasses or something. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you think, but about I'm not, it for I'm second, not diminishing. Like, Jim Caviezel sounds like he, but like, even if you are filming it and it's you know, quote unquote, fake. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the closest thing to being crucified that we have today. Maybe that's crazy. Right? I mean, that wow. is. But uh, that's, anyway, that's, that's uh, today's Jim so Caviezel's does birthday. It, does, it, does it say whether he? Does it say like was he doing that to like get into the role? Did it just happen because they were? I they think were it just happened. It? it didn't. Say, it doesn't say here. Apparently, it just happened because that's like how why, it happened. I'm just trying to figure out like why he would have been hanging on the cross for several hours. Like they needed that to shoot it, or uh, that doesn't say. Like, I, mean, I don't know. That's interesting. That's I don't crazy. Know. Or was but, it like um, a, he wanted to know what it would be like? And so I don't know. I have to, to read more than further into the role. But uh, today is Jim Caviezel's birthday. He's well, 51 yeah. years old. He proudly proclaims his faith in Christ amidst the godlessness of Hollywood. Thank God for people like him who will step out to do what might not sound fun, but it gets out the word of God and the story of the salvation of mankind. Happy birthday, Jim Caviezel. I'm looking forward to the sequel to this awesome movie. And uh, so you have to admit, too, that um, Caviezel and Gibson don't run with the normal Hollywood crowd. You don't see yeah. them at the Oscars. You don't see them at the Golden Globes. Well, there's a there's there's a, know. yeah, there's a couple actors I've heard that like basically um, whether it's professions of faith or also professions of certain types of politics. Yeah. And another one apparently kind of like joining outcasted. is what's his name? Uh, Chris Tucker. Apparently, too, is a Christian. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, you and he doesn't that. really run in those circles either. Anymore, yeah. So you don't really see we'll them see. a whole lot, but they seem to also be still be doing well. You yeah. know, Mel Gibson just came out with that awesome movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Professor yeah, of the Professor Madman, Madman just yeah. awesome. And yeah. his own production company. Yeah. Because probably that's probably all he can do anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and Jim Caviezel the same way. I mean, he's he's definitely doesn't run with the normal crowd. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, I read that. I thought it was extremely interesting. I didn't know he went through that grueling yeah, of, a, uh, of an experience yeah. to, to put this together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but since the second one is coming out, I remembered that, and I thought it would be an interesting bro, did you cool. know? Cool, so yeah. Bro, did you awesome. know? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Cool, Joey, what do you got? All right. So uh, my, <laughs> mine is a rebuttal to, uh, to being, you know, um, attacked by you guys last time. Yeah, shame for, uh, on you. Yeah, for for not having seen Inglorious Bastards. Athena too. Shame so, on her. Why? I have. You seen didn't it. see it either. No, she had seen it. Bastards, yeah. she did. She, that was Wait, like, how'd no, you see it? That was the whole point. Years ago. Yeah, she that's saw, even worse. So we talked about this yeah. last yeah. last mm-hmm. time. We talked. Yeah. We said that you say it. Yeah. That I haven't seen the Godfather. Yeah, we said. Yeah, we said that. We said she she hasn't seen like most important movies. But she oh, saw *Inglorious Bastards* like a good year before you saw it. Oh, more no! Than that. Like she I saw, saw it when it came oh, out. Oh. She saw it when it came out, and I okay. I missed it. Yeah, we, we went through this stuff. Yeah, I don't All remember. Right. Oh, okay. Joey was was not not completely, but well well scorned. Yeah, I was like flogged by you guys verbally um, <laughs> for not seeing this. You movie deserve it. Uh, yeah, so. you deserve to be flogged again. I Go see. Ahead. Okay, so okay, so I mean, from my perspective, I wasn't. That was not deserved. I'm sorry. 
Like, okay, so I honestly, like, I thought the movie was really good, but, like, I, I was not, like, this was, to me, like, to get flogged like that, this movie yeah. should have been, like, a top 50 movie of all time kind of a thing. And, like, I, I, I. I Where is it on IMDb, Brad? Can but you, you love, you love. Uh, uh, what's his top name? 50. Huh? Tarantino? Yeah. I haven't honestly seen that many Tarantino movies. I really liked what we talked about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, okay. I've seen his original two um, that like I, I, um, Pulp Fiction and uh, Reservoir Dogs, yeah. which are both really good. And I've seen um, Django Unchained. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if I've seen any others. I haven't seen any of the I actually never saw but, Django. Um, yeah. But anyway, so, okay, so my review, review of this movie is that um, so basically I just like I didn't think it was a bad movie or anything. I'm not trying to say that. Like I honestly thought it was a great movie. I guess for me like I thought that the I don't know it's like so so one thing that he does which I think is really really cool and I think I wish more movies would do this is that like he's telling an overall narrative right like an overall story um which is great but like he every scene is like its own story and like yeah. he just crafts mm-hmm. every scene with such care mm-hmm. that like you're invested in the moment just as much you're never like I feel like there are so many times where movies like do filler scenes where it's like okay we just need to explain this bit in order to fill the story and so they Oh, it's number eighty six. Number eighty six. Okay, so it's not top, top 100. fifty. Top one hundred. Okay, so okay. maybe maybe still being a top one hundred. Okay. I you know I, I needed to see that, but yeah. I still still don't know if I deserve the flack. But okay, um, but anyway, so yeah, so uh, so I'll say that like for me personally, I I was kind of like surprised by certain things in the in the narrative overall. Like it's called Inglorious Bastards, mm-hmm. but I feel like we did not get to see them nearly as much yeah, as yeah, we should right. have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't understand that. Like yeah. I, I was you're very right. confused. Mm. Like I was really kind of not engaged in the overall like overarching plot entirely as much as I was with like seeing certain characters and stuff that like didn't really happen. Like we get to see like they they develop them like a little bit in that incredible scene with like the where the where the bear Jew comes out, right? Yeah, it has yeah. to do with the baseball bat. Like, yeah. that's incredible. That scene is amazing. Yeah. But then, like, we literally, like, don't get to see any other exploits of theirs before they're... Yeah. Before, before the very end. Before the very end, where yeah. where they yeah. where most of them... But, but the yeah. whole basement scene was them. That's... Well, yeah, it was a couple of them. It was... Um, okay. I mean, a couple of them. And, and so that's the thing. So, like, to me, to me, like, individual crafted scenes, like that introduction... Um, uh, of Hans, of Hans Landa, oh, and yeah. the and like and yeah, that that opening scene, yeah, um, the scene with the bear Jew and the scene in the basement were like incredible, yeah, yeah, just I incredible, know. yeah. Like I mean, so yeah, so I, I mean, yeah. I was really like ex- in, in, like just amazed by those scenes, mm-hmm. um, but just like some of the overall plot, I found kind of like. I just wasn't as invested and was kind of wishing he had done other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he did it based off of a book. So it may not even have, I don't know if like been his fault. Yeah. yeah it may not even have been Tarantino's like writing capabilities in that. Right, right. But like, I mean the scene with so like not getting to see the inglorious bastards as much like their previous exploits before the final. Right. Um, right. Know, the uh, mission. Uh, it sounds like a problem that could be solved. If you just given it a different title, you know, the title gives you unrealistic expectations. That's true, yeah. If you would have just called it something else, yeah. it probably would have made more sense. That's true. But even like – so like if you also take um, – I didn't really enjoy like what happened to Shoshana at the end. Yeah. Like where um, she where she shoots um, Daniel Brühl's character, yeah. right? And then like – and like, he's like, after three shots in the back, mm-hmm. he turns around and he's able to shoot her. And it just, I don't know, it was kind of, like, disappointing to me. Yeah. It was, mm-hmm. like, and I know that, like, she then gets her revenge by burning everyone in the thing. And but she I didn't get, even get to enjoy it. And she's, it. like, martyred. But she doesn't even get to enjoy it. It was just yeah. kind of, like, hmm. it, was, it was just kind of, like, sad. Like, yeah. I don't know. And I didn't really understand the narrative point behind it, why you would go that route instead of a different route. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I was just kind of surprised and confused by that. And yeah. then, and I just, like, in general, wasn't 
I don't know. I wasn't really invested in their overall plot for some reason. Like the kind of like spy espionage. I I think I thought it was kind of unbelievable, which I guess it was because it was like alternate history. But like Hitler and all of like Hitler was so paranoid towards the end. Like, but Hitler and everybody else gets together for a movie. I just I don't know. I I it kind of was a lot of it was like kind of unbelievable to me, and I was like I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of. So. Interesting. Dominic Arrivederci. <laughs> yeah. Arrivederci. Yeah. Uh, C. Uh, correcto. Yeah. So like, I, I, so I felt like so maybe so maybe my issue isn't with Tar- yeah. So maybe my issue isn't with Tarantino at all because again, if he did this based off of a book, it may not have been him. But like he does, like in terms of tone, that movie's incredible. Like the the yeah. violence and the seriousness of it, it's like a like a comedy of horrors. Like yeah. Like but like the way he t- he plays with tone and the characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot that was of Christoph it, Waltz breakout. Yeah, yeah. that was Great. he was incredible yeah. in that. Like he was yeah. so terrifying. He was so in that. scary, dude. Yeah. yeah, he was terrifying in that. Yeah. So yeah, so I thought there was a lot of good stuff, but I, I don't think I, I don't know if I. I'm glad I saw it. I'm glad you guys pushed me to see it, but also, do I think it was worth all the black? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and maybe that was, and maybe I would have had a better impression of the movie okay. had I just watched it. But right. I went into this going like, all right, Luke and Dove, they like. Burn me for not seeing yeah, this. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, well, so I know this, that is a good point. And what we should have said was, Joey, it's it's a it's a decent film. I think you should check it out. And I think if you would have been like, this movie's great. Yeah, that's that might be true. So you guys might have colored my opinion a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, so. we might, yeah, yeah, might. Yeah, might. But I probably like I that's mean, happened to me many times. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So but I, okay. I mean, it was like I said, I'm really glad I saw it just because like several yeah. scenes in that are like incredible. Well, think, yeah. think, and that yeah. scene too, where they're in there so and they all talk about like knowing Italian. Yeah. <laughs> and so then funny. their accents are so ridiculous. Yeah, 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 and the one who knows no Italian. Yeah, and the one who knows no Italian. And then says, "Bravo." Yeah. Nobody knows what's going on. So funny. Yeah. It was incredible. I think yeah. part of it too is the fact that uh, scenes like that just aren't done anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you see in the basement, and it's like just it's just dialogue, really. Yeah. 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 yeah right. And the whole but time so you're tense. just you're sitting on the edge of your seat just yeah. from people talking. Yes. Yeah. And in the very beginning, when he's sitting down with that guy, you mm. know he's got people hiding in the basement. And he's got to somehow. Like, yeah. it's just, it's so, I don't know. It's just so tense. Yeah, when Stigley. Just, you don't see that too <laughs> Say often. goodbye to your Nazi balls. <laughs> Stigley's. Oh, yeah, Stiglitz. Stiglitz. Whenever that yeah. guy, he would like, Stiglitz, in the yeah. basement, he would like pat him on the back or something. <laughs> and Stiglitz is just, he's just this powder keg just right, waiting. Right, to right exactly. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. All right. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Joy. All right, Joy. That's right. That's right. Nazis. Yeah. And I want. My well, yeah, but he doesn't. He, Stiglitz know, doesn't say but it. It's the best remember, now you yeah. can go back watch Hollywood again, and the remember the the bla, the inglorious. I think it was DeCoco Coffee or something like that. <laughs> the little plug. Oh, really? It was yeah. Okay, they I mentioned did. they throw it out there. I think yeah. I said that last podcast. They throw out an inglorious bastards reference. name reference, yeah. reference in, yeah. in Hollywood. Gotcha. But, okay. Uh, I did a lot of writing for this podcast, and I also wrote an additional review. Dove, yeah. can you please cue the music? It has to do with the Shawshank Redemption, Brad. I think you're going to like this. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm going to talk about it's going to get philosophical on. Um, I'm going to get philosophical. Dove's going to play some music. I'm going to get <laughs> philosophical on the Shawshank Redemption. During the music? Despite oh, his best efforts, Stephen King declares himself to be a huge fan of the one person he seeks to destroy. That is Jesus Christ. After recently rewatching IMDb's highest rated film, something in my mind is carrying way more weight than any accolade from Rotten Tomatoes. One must conclude that the Shawshank Redemption continues to be relevant, entertaining, timeless, and just beautiful. 
From the score to the scenery, the acting to the actors, the directing to the delivery, Stephen King's adaptation of the Rita Hayworth redemption deserves its top spot. Simply put, it's still got it. There are themes, however, in King's novels and movies, besides just scares, small towns, and the American Northeast. As sure as a nod to aliens and the supernatural, there is a head jerk to an anti-Christian message. Far right-wing, fundamental, Bible-thumping, scripture-quoting hypocrites and hicks pervade his books and films. And he, and his book-to-film directors, are careful to portray them that way. These Christian antagonists appear in The Mist, It, Misery, Carrie, and The Shawshank Redemption in addition to others that I have not seen, as King questionably goes out of his way to bash all things Christian. King has gone on to record himself as saying that religion is a very dangerous tool that's been misused by a lot of people. Curiously, he still choose, quote, chooses to believe in God. Regarding the Shawshank Redemption, King has said, When I first saw it, I realized that the screenwriter made not just, made not just one of the best movies ever done for my work, but a potential movie classic. This is a profound quote, especially given that the screenwriter, Frank Darabont, made a movie about the life and times of Jesus the Messiah, a.k.a. the Shawshank Redemption. When one begins to consider the staggering evidence that Andy Dufresne is an almost pound-for-pound representation of Jesus Christ, you just got to wonder, how did they miss this? Spoilers. Let's start with the warden, Warden Norton. A a church-going fundamentalist World War II-era Baptist, Norton is the quintessential Pharisee. The head guard, Captain Hadley, and his minions are the Romans. After Dufresne enters prison, he gathers friends around him who re- uh, who represent the he, excuse me. He gathers friends around him who represent the disciples, with his best friend Red being Peter. Let's not stop here. Jesus enters the uh, earth as a baby, of whom it is said he came unto his own, but his own did not receive him. And he will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. Dufresne came to prison, of whom it was said he had a quiet way about him, a walk and talk that just wasn't normal around here. He strolled like a man in a park without a care or a worry in the world, like he had on an invisible coat that would shield him from this place. Christ and Andy are both the only innocent people who suffered unjustly in the worlds that they inhabited. Both were noticeably out of place and both faithfully brought forth justice to those same worlds. Both blessed the people en masse. Christ fed the 5,000. Andy played music over the loudspeaker to all the inmates. Both rebuked their Peters. Christ rebuked his when Peter told him that he would not die, and Andy rebuked Red when Red told him to give up hope and redemption and freedom. Both began reforming their worlds. Christ taught everywhere he went, educated his target audience, that is Israel, reformed Paul and used him as a disciple instead of a persecutor, Paul was murdered later, and did not listen to the Pharisees who tried to stop him. Andy taught everywhere he went, educated his target audience, the inmates, by building a library, reformed Tommy and used him as a student instead of a criminal, Tommy is murdered later, and did not listen to Warden Norton who tried to stop him. Both were thought to be dead. Christ died after suffering his greatest persecution for a crime he did not commit, was resurrected three days in the ground, after three days in the ground, revealed himself to a people who did not recognize him, and was raised to heaven where he sits reforming the earth. Andy did not attend roll call after suffering his greatest persecution for a crime he did not commit, was resurrected after crawling through a sewage tunnel in the ground, revealed himself to people who did not recognize him, and went to a tropical island off the coast of Mexico where we see him restoring an old boat. Both predicted their death and resurrection. None of their disciples believed them. 
Both told their disciples that they are going to prepare a place for them. Both groups of disciples told stories about them after they left. Both destroyed the religious persecutors of their day. And amazingly, both used the Bible to accomplish all of these things. The similarities do not stop here, but I will leave you to discover the rest. In all of this, King attacks Jesus and his children with his mouth. With his actions, he praises his God who created him. With his right hand, King seeks to destroy the legacy of Jesus Christ. With his left, he perpetuates it. It is an incredible thing that, in King's campaign to profane the God that, and the Bible, he can no, find no better hero than Jesus Christ himself to do it. The end result is that Stephen King gets hoisted on his own petard. Surely the wrath of man shall praise thee. And that's my review of the Shawshank Redemption. That was so dramatic. <laughs> yes, it is. It was. But it's pretty incredible when you think about it. How'd you... How'd you uh, first of all, that was very well done. Oh, thank you. Um, how, how did you... It, the, 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 it got me into a mindset. I, I've always been in a mindset ever since Dad pointed out from reading that book, The Twelve, the, the Hero's Journey, where the, it marks the 12 steps of a hero. If you listen to episode zero of this podcast, I talk about this book. And it, it details what makes a hero a hero. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the hero cycle. Yeah, the hero cycle, right? Yeah. The, the mar- what? How do you make a hero hero? You know, what, what what are the marks? And and Dad realized that the guy who's doing it, though he doesn't mention Jesus, pretty much details Jesus. Yeah. And you know, almost all of them that he says um, that this is how you make a good hero, they can all almost all of them be applied to Christ. And I, ever since then, I've been viewing movies with that mindset of our heroes, our greatest heroes, are based on Christ. And I kind of applied that to this one. I was like, you know, kind of like the same thing happens. You know, Andy dies, right? And everyone thinks he's dead. But then, he, boom, he comes back and he's alive. You know, he was never dead, you know, kind of a thing. And I started, I just started to make, like, there's a lot of similarities. And it's IMDb's top-rated film. And we cannot help but be influenced by Jesus Christ everywhere we go, even our Hollywood films. I think it so, says something. That's one of the greatest you, representations of Jesus Christ I've ever seen in a movie without actually saying it. Um, and so... Because we've always used the Shawshank Redemption as the anti-Christ because yes. of the word, and he's always the Bible-toting yes. guy. Yes. Um, you, and it, you, you felt that same way, too, for a while. I did, but then I realized now, once, once, you, once you place Andy in the context of Christ, you realize that Warden is the Pharisees, right. the Bible-thumping hypocrites, right? And, and the, which they did not understand the Bible at all, it turns out, as same with Warden. And uh, not, not only that, right. there's also a similarity where Christ tells the Pharisees you will see the Son of Man coming in the ra- uh, in the clouds, and then what does Warden do? He looks up and he sees the sign. His judgment cometh, and that right quick. There's another one. You know, it's just like similarity after similarity. We can't help but but. Do you, you think view- they did it unknowingly? Yes, I think it was okay. a complete accident. They don't they don't realize that Jesus Christ is the greatest example of a hero of which we base off all of our greatest heroes. They don't realize it. So they accidentally did all those similarities yes. and had no idea. Had no idea. Hmm. That's very interesting. Yes. Yep. That was a really great review, though. Oh, thank you. Anyway, that wraps up uh, this month's uh, The Good and the You're Bad welcome. and the Ugly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, next month, we're going to be reviewing uh, the big ticket item, which is uh, you got to save that, save that review for your book. Okay. When I write That you're book. writing. Yes. I'm, I'm sure, yes. If everyone doesn't know, Luke is writing a book. I did not he already has about half of it complete. He just has to get it all together. 
Just put it all together. Humbleness and how I achieved it and how you can too. That's what I'm calling it. Volume one of 50. Yeah. <laughs> Volume one. Yeah. First edition. Um, eh, forward by me. And it opens, anyway. it opens with that review. Yes. Yeah, it opens with that review. Anyway. Okay, folks. Thanks for listening. We will see you guys next week.